Hey everybody, how are you doing? This is the Can I Say This at Church podcast. I'm your host, Seth. Gonna do this one different today. So I don't have any idea how to intro this one, and you'll hear me allude to that here in the next few seconds. So I'll just be real for a minute. Over the last, you know, eight, nine, ten months, I and three other people have been engaging in Heart and Mind, the four gospel journey from Alexander Shia. And he has these small community groups that are oftentimes done, you know, by churches or by small groups or by different communities. And honestly, it's been a great thing uh, for me and I think as well for the people that were in it with me. I know I learned a lot about myself and I learned a lot about Jesus. So I'm not going to do the announcements and I'm not going to do, you know, the review and everything. So uh, stick around at the end. I actually had two conversations with Alexander. One was a few weeks before this conversation uh, where we talk about his guides uh, that he and others came together to write and kind of their purpose and the story of those. And that's a really important conversation. But I think it's a different one because Jim says in the in this conversation, you know, we we struggle for community. And what does that mean for the church? And so let's just dive straight into it. Here is myself, Jim, Daryl, Danielle, and Alexander. said we should all get together get together to just kind of share our experience with this transformation we've all been on and yeah 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 I think it would be helpful for Alexander and maybe even helpful for other people so Alexander I thought I would start this different I'm not going to do a normal introduction because it's not really a normal type of episode and I don't know what it'll look like yet but let's <laughs> let's, let's do the thing we've never done this before <laughs> right yeah flying by the seat of the pants. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for context, for those listening, you have a book. You and I have talked about it many times. I know you've also talked a little bit about it with Danielle and people should Google that. And so if you're listening to this, I'm going to assume that people know what that is. But then part of that as well is Heart and Mind Community Guides and both myself, Danielle, Jim, and Daryl um, went through those for how many months? Nine, ten, nine months. Eight months, give or take. Yeah, some months. Oh, eight or nine months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alexander, I'd like to start with you. What would you want to ask of people in this format? I guess of you know we wrestle with the guides. What would you want to know? This is a, a rare opportunity for me, and we know. Uh, I say we, Donna and I, in the Quadratus office, know that there's small groups going on all over the world. But we don't have had, we've not had a chance to sit and hear for, from a group that's gone through the entire journey just to hear your experience. I, I mean, I know what the, the group that came together that wrote these guides, and we started our work in, in 2013, and we spent almost three years working on creating them. Hmm. But they're out there now. So this is exciting for me just to sit back and I have no idea 
what your experience has been. I'm not here to have you share a lot of platitudes. I'd really love to know. <laughs> fair enough. Well, I don't want to go first because, to be fair, I already told you what mine is. Um, and I haven't really directly asked everyone else either. We kind of talk about it towards the end of each time that we meet, like, but just in those small little piecemeals. Well, let me let me tell you what was in the mind of the creators. And this guide came together through six spiritual directors between the United States, Australia, and New Zealand between 2013 and 2015. And our hope was to be able to offer a process of spiritual formation that was accessible to wherever you were that would be a gradual process where you could interiorize the ideas rather than just read a book, but sort of interiorize these ideas. And our belief was, our hope is, that this journey would create a new lens for you to see the world. Yeah, it did that. Yeah. How so, Daniel? <laughs> um, oh, God. How so? I just throw it out there like that. It made me it made me want to see God in everyone else. And that is the the biggest, most fundamental change I've realized is I want to see God in everyone else. I want to see God in every foul mouth person. I want to mm. see God in every interruption, every inconvenience. It's yeah, it's been that transformative for me. And so um, it helps me be more impeccable with my word to make sure that my words are not sharp, that they're not creating wounds because you start to realize that everyone's walking around wounded already. And yeah, you just, mm, you, you already know that you have your own pain that you project. And so all you can, for me, really focus in on is they're doing the same thing. And so, yeah, I just want to see God in everyone. It's just, it's really hit me hard. And I, it's been such a challenge because it's hard to see God in everyone, mm. especially the people you love the most when you're most upset with them. But um, it's in those most intimate relationships where you start to transform the way that you're willing to receive each other that you want to just spread it outward. So that for me has been the most significant. Daryl, I want to come to you. Same question, although I can't remember how I worded it, but same question. In terms of giving a new lens, I um, I think what was what really struck me is the idea to approach reading, especially the Gospels, but any scripture, um, in terms of it all being practice. Um, it's a different, as you said, it's a very different lens. And if you think about, if you think in terms of all practice, if, if you read it, all of it as practice in some way, shape or form, uh, including some of those parts that are like practiced what not to do, um, it becomes, I think it's freed a little bit or a lot actually. Um, it doesn't, have to it doesn't have to fit a certain mold it can you can see it and you can actually see it in different ways and in different times more readily um 
I think it can. It feels like it can make a little more. Makes a different kind of sense. Uh, but really, the idea of just as you're encountering any of the story or whatever genre, it can be as practice. And if you can drill down as much as possible with whatever your tools are to see what's going on um, in terms of who's telling the story and where it's coming from, it creates a different perspective and really frees things up. And to Danielle's point, it helps you, it can help to see it can, it can help to see God and it helps to see Jesus the Christ through, is more of a through line than ever think I ever think I would have seen. And that's coming from parents who really did help me to see, read it with a little bit of a literary bent to it as well. And a lit, literary analysis bent as well. So that's, it, it amplifies that, like turns it up to 11. Jim, how about you? Um, so my, my answer is different in some ways and, and similar in others. Um, for me, Alexander, what I found very helpful about the book uh, is that it is a different way of looking at doing church because I think largely adult spiritual formation isn't happening in particular in American churches. And so your goal of having the spiritual directors come together and create a guidebook to help them with their spiritual formation is I think desperately needed because I think that the way, you know, the Pew study and others tell us church ain't working and people are voting with their feet. So having an alternative that will, um, as Danielle said and Daryl said, change lives, impact lives, I think is really critical as we're in this sort of strange transitional time with how we do church. Um, uh, on a global level. So part of what I, so I think that that's kind of the global statement that I would make. Um, I, I see that that is the effort that you all went to and I am grateful for that effort. Uh, I think that I appreciated the, the historic elements of it and grounding the, the teaching in the historical elements because whether you're you know, looking at Bob Weber, Ancient Future Faith, or you're looking at John Dominic Crossan, you know, people are pulling that information back up because we're needing something different than largely what's going on today, which is come in kind of anesthetized for an hour, sing three songs and leave. Hmm. Um, so I, I really appreciated that part of it. But also for me, um, and, and these guys have heard me say this a lot, I really appreciate the end of the book where we talk about actual practices, because to me, some of the some of the best things of other faith traditions are their emphasis on practice, which again I think we've missed in the contemporary Western Church. If we get the beliefs straight, then we get our golden ticket and it's all good. Um, but you can be a person who conceptually has a golden ticket, is an awful human being. And, and does not practice, and then how does that work? So I appreciated both the element of the history, anchoring it in the history, talking about how that impacts individual lives, uh, and in particular through the practices so that we would remember those practices. I think that's very important. Hmm. 
Yeah, and then yeah, my answer will also be slightly different. So for me, um, what I have benefited the most from this community guide is, um, so I have, you know, I have my 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 few my few people in the church family, and then I have my actual family. I have my very very close friends, um, you know, that I talk to on a weekly basis, and then honestly, I have y'all y'all like of the people that I engage with on a weekly basis or on social media of the people that I think about, you know, like I think about, you know, why hasn't Daryl committed to roses yet? He knows better. He should have done so, (laughs) you know, and, and, you know, and Jim, the stuff that you've had going on this year and Danielle, like what, what this group has been for me is a community um, that is entirely church-like. It just doesn't really have a building, but it's, it's a community in a way that, you know, I'm more honest with y'all than I am with a lot of people, uh, as well as it slowed me down because much like probably many people, I mean, I'll read a book a week and I won't remember half of it, but it, it slowed me down. And I actually, so my boss has commented recently, he's like, you know, you speak with the same f- fire. Like when I talk with clients, even like I speak with the same tenacity, I just say less things, which has been Fun. So I guess it's, it's, it's taught me being slower with intention has, has helped me not only mm. with religion, but with just with other things as well. As long as I can keep my anger in check. When I get angry, all bets, all bets are off. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And then, uh, Daryl, I don't think I've told you this, but uh, on the wall behind us here. So you said something like one in one of the time, two months ago, maybe, you know, you said, you know, how do what does it say? Hold on. How do I live so loudly that people can't help but see? a life transformed. Like I've literally made that like a maxim for this year. Um, I don't know if you remember saying it, but you said it. And I, I remember it writing it down. Yeah. Yep. Um, so oh. just little things like that where I'm like, yeah, that's that's something worth doing, um, which wouldn't have happened, you know, without a, a, mm-hmm. a study like this. So how does all that sit with you, Alexander? Well, uh, for the other five spiritual directors and myself, I think we're, I think they would be delighted to hear this level of reflection. Um, and, and yes, we are reaching for a new form of quote unquote church community. Mm-hmm. Um, people want a deeper relationship with each other, uh, a place to do honest truth telling about what's really going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, in an atmosphere where I don't feel I'm going to get judged. Mm-hmm. And I assume that that is what is what happened amongst you. I, I hear you say you could be more honest here than you feel like you can be in other places. Yeah, well, I think part of doing this is you have to do so much self-reflection that like, um, well, so this is, well, I'll be honest here, but uh, a lot of people listening don't know this. So, like this stuff with like my father, and then just stuff with my family. Like, like in this in this group, like you know, I, I personally talk about my wife and my kids, and um, it's just stuff that I don't normally talk about because there's a trust there. Because after you know every other week for months upon months upon months, um, it just happens. So I think community is that right. keyword, at least for me. Um, yeah, yeah. Because that- so- oh. Go ahead, Alexander. No, no. Okay, I was just going to uh, say to that, I agree with this idea that it, it it's like a, a space of comfort and community and connection. And more than that, as I've gotten to know them, you three, um, I, you know, sometimes we reveal a piece of ourselves and it's something that we hadn't already put into the puzzle of what we 
already decided you were. And so I started to realize that like Seth would post something and I'd be like, what? <laughs> he believes that. And so it went from that to, I wonder why he believes that. I wonder what experience in his life. And so I started moving that mm. forward with other people. And for me, cause I am very reactionary <laughs> and <laughs> yes, I am. I know it's hard to believe. Um, and so I really needed to learn to, I didn't want to take my own, my own force away or my own fire, but it was, I didn't want it to burn other people. I wanted it to warm them. And so I noticed that just through this group, just by little bits, we'd reveal about each other and I'd have that reaction inside and I'd go, I just wonder instead of me going, I don't understand why people think that way. Asking the question, I wonder what their experience revealed to them to make them want to believe this or support this or be against this instead of it going, you know, you're stupid. What do you believe that for? And so for me into that, because we create this connection here and I don't know, there's this throughout this whole experience I've gotten gone from, I hate people to, I really love people. Wow. So. Wow. And so the, the question that raises for me is I, I'm appreciating what I'm hearing as the experience. And I'm wondering if you can think through what was the help to get there. I mean, there's the material of the book, but you're talking about an experience that you had with each other, which is different than just the material of the book. Sure. And Alexander, I think that some of those, those answers have been either directly mentioned or hinted at. And part of it was the commitment, uh, a regular commitment in a small group setting. And, and this is well understood in, you know, psychologically, socially. Um, we're four very different people with very, very different backgrounds and perspectives and personality and Enneagrams, which Seth turned me on to. Uh, and so, the, but, the, but the spending time together and doing that on a regular basis in a setting that wasn't church, because church really isn't interactive, except for five minutes when you walk in, the greeting if there is one, and five minutes when you walk out. And we would spend an hour every couple of weeks, and that was much more time than you would, and we spent it intentionally, uh, and that's much more time than you would spend in 18 months or 24 months in a church setting. So I think that actually that's very, very important for you and the, and the spiritual directors to consider because it's just a different format. And I think it's a very successful format. I think to that end, the um, you're talking about intention. I, as we were looking, as Seth was starting, the uh, throwing the idea out there to do something like this, um, there was the there was the intention of realizing that that kind of vulnerability, if not at the outset, certainly was very much the intent to develop. Um, and I think coming into that and it, and you also and Alexander, you do model that early, very early in the in the book with. The story you tell about your grandmother's house and and, and that growing up, um, and that that really sets the tone for this kind of this kind of experience that you know that you're going into this um, 
you're not going to, it's not going to all be, you know, moment one, but you're coming into this with the idea, the idea that if transformation is going to happen, there is going to be um, that developing of, of more intimate relationship of greater vulnerability. Um, so I think adding that to the whole mix of everything that we're saying, I think it's how you come into this kind of group too. And that really made a difference. I mean, I remember, I remember Seth, you talking about how you were wanting to approach this group in some of those early messages and some of the early moments of talking about this uh, on the podcast and stuff. It was, it was that kind of, I want to do this because I want, this is how I want to go about this. And mm-hmm. this is how I, I think I can deepen, at least deepen faith, if not, as we've all found a little more broadly across the spectrum of life since it can be very holistic. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I, I think I know is, is that is that initially there was a, a larger circle and then it, at some point the four of you sort of said we're in we're in this thing so it and, no and, it it um there was like 15 people that said yes um and then from the beginning um there were actually 10 people invited to that first one however just the four of us showed up and then after that I changed the zoom link because we had talked snooze you lose no. well we had i mean we had talked well, about you know this needs to be a safe place and i didn't i didn't think it was appropriate to bring someone in at week three if that if that made sense or meeting three um so absolutely. i yeah i just changed the the link so but yeah no originally there was a lot of interest and then as it got closer everyone was like yeah absolutely send the link and there were a few people actually oh i missed it i'll be on the next one but they didn't get the next email and if you're listening i'm sorry but that was on purpose. Um. <laughs> well, and and I appreciate that. And it's not that, that I in any way that in creating this, we wanted to be exclusive. But I think that the image of church going forward is very small groups. Hmm. Yeah. And I know people feel like they need to have 10, they need to have 20, they need to have 50. No, 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 no. Four, six, fabulous. Uh, for continuity, stability, safety, and going deeper. Um, I didn't ask this of you three prior, but what, so I found myself thinking on my drive back home. So I struggled the most with Mark personally um, as we wrestled with Mark. And I can remember Alexander actually texting you, I think. And you're like, yeah, a lot of people actually just stop at Mark. Like they just, I'm done. They do. I'm done. I don't want to go anymore. I'm done. Um, but that's not my personality um, in any in any way, shape, or form. But I'm curious of the three of you. Like, was there anything, like, for just for feedback, like that 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 broke or didn't really work in a way that you're like, yeah, you know, I would love to tweak this a bit, like, or or something that maybe was a struggle as we wrestled through it, um, because selfishly. I could steer the conversation away from things that I struggled with. So it, it, it wouldn't necessarily. What did you struggle up. with, Seth, specifically? What did you struggle with? <laughs> this isn't about me. This isn't about me. <laughs> it's about all of us, Seth. Uh, 
so uh, personally, so I struggled with a lack of control because the more that I got to know each of you, the less control I had of the conversation, which is terrifying to me because at work I'm used to controlling things. Uh, in my family life, for the most part, I'm used to controlling things. I usually am slow to make a decision. And so usually that control is once it's earned, I never lose it. And so for me, like, as that's one of the things like I really struggle with that. That was the biggest change for me at the beginning was as I gained trust with each of you, I wrested away control of the dialogue, if that makes sense. Um, and it was personally at about Mark. It probably wasn't Mark specifically, but it was at about that point of where we were all doing um. Yeah. So there. Are you happy? I was honest. <laughs> 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 but was there any parts at all that y'all were, you know, as you went through it, that you're like, you know what, this this doesn't click, or I wish we could spend more time there, or anything that maybe we bypassed. Set for me is hard without just actually like literally pulling my very mark mm-hmm. back out. Yeah. I mean, I almost like to think about that for me as a, a bit of a homework assignment mm-hmm. um, because I think that there would be things that I could provide feedback about in that kind of context, but quickly off the top of my head, it, it would be hard to do. Mm-hmm. I, I think for me, um, however, one thing that I think would be helpful, and I don't know if this Alexander is, is why you're getting feedback about people like just stopping with Mark. And I'm curious about what that is. I mean, I have a guess but I'd like to hear from you, if you wouldn't mind, what it is that you think causes most people to stop at that point. Uh, my experience is, is that you can't read Mark and reflect on Mark without touching the level of pain that's in the text. Thank and you. that and that it's difficult to, uh, to sit through that. And it's hard to know, with the first time you go through it, it's hard to know that John's coming. Yeah, and, and actually that confirms exactly my suspicion. Um, you know, and whether you want to use the, the term pain or darkness or struggle, I think they're in some ways analogous. And um, you will notice among those assembled that I have, I think, the whitest hair. Uh, so, so 65, uh, no, 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 I don't, I think I got you beat, buddy. Right. <laughs> as we, as it could we, be the lighting. as we have that those experiences in life life just deals you pain cards and and it's very very hard um you know i i watched my three kids um growing up and and they are now at this stage in their life where life is dealing them a couple of pain cards and and it's very hard to watch them go through it um, that's as a dad and as a as an individual. I think having been dealt some of those cards and processed some of those cards, Mark speaks to me in a way because I got up the day after the pain card got dealt, and you realize as you live a bit longer that yeah, that pain card is now in my deck, and that pain that card is going to be in my deck forever. But actually, Mark affirms the fact that that is true and that you can survive because John is coming. Uh, and, I, and I think that, you know, we, that that's a really good analogy for life. 
I, I think, and I think you try, you, you say that, I think pretty much outright in the book, but it's hard for people to know experientially until they just re really literally live it. And, and, and given the sharing that we've had here, you know, yeah, we've seen where each of us has been dealt some of those cards. And we've talked about that. And, and again, for us in this group experience, that's been helpful um, for us in our processing of the book, having that reality outlined in the book is helpful. I think again, church is just a little too saccharine and a little too unrealistic. So having those reality points in the book is important. By saccharine, you mean fake sugar, right? Yeah. Okay. It's like, yeah, like that's exactly what I mean. <laughs> okay. Last week I was at a high school and presenting this material uh, and really trying to help. I mean, I'm speaking to juniors and seniors who are on college track coursework, but trying to help them understand that, that like the seasons of the year, there is a winter time in this lexicon, a mark time, and it's followed by something that gets better. But until you have lived through those, those experiences and know that they eventually turn around, it's a hard sell. Yeah. Yeah. Dale, Danielle, anything that comes to mind? And it's fine if not. Uh, I just, it strikes me, I think what is, if I think about it a little bit, it's interesting. We talk about, we talk about the journey, but it's amazing if you think about it, how concurrent the aspects, different aspects. I mean, sometimes you're more in Mark, sometimes you're more in Matthew, sometimes you're more in John. But just in sort of reflecting a little bit how concurrent it all can, can be, it's, it's not, and while you have this kind of path you can walk that has a certain amount of linearness to it, not completely, but a little bit, it's amazing how utterly nonlinear and literally at the same time it all it all it all really is, um, and so I I think kind of to what Jim was saying when you've when you've had enough experience to realize that oh it got bad but now it's getting better um, oh that was a lousy card I didn't like that one um, at the same time you also find that you're being dealt cards that are far more helpful than and more beneficial than you could ever imagine. Um, and it's, it's just striking how concurrent it all is. Alexander, how does this content sit with a high schooler? I, I saw that you were talking at a high school and I thought to myself, I don't know that I would listen in high, like personally in high school. Like how does that content sit with a high schooler? It, it was really incredible. First of all, this this is advanced placement. Um, they are in a course on critical thinking. And they have been studying Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey. Mm, so okay. I, I come in behind all of that. Mm, okay. Nevertheless, to help them situate, and a lot of them are looking at graduation in a few months and are terrified of what comes after that. And to help them understand that this is a profound moment in the hero's journey, that the journey is not just about literature, but it actually is their life. 
it was exciting and um and i really came away with a, a, a deep respect for how chaotic high school is today compared to when i was in high school i mean they they are facing decisions i never faced not hmm. in high school hmm. you know i have to say my two older children 18 and 20 um received a lot of this information, dinner table conversations and just random, oh my gosh, I, you're, you're never going to believe this. There were so many parts where I'd have to go, Corey, listen to this, to my husband. And then um, to, to my older kids too, I'd have to be like, you have to listen to this. Isn't this crazy? And then we'd have conversations about it. So it was because they're not readers like I am. And so I really appreciated that because it was just these little nuggets that I could take the way we were taking it in bits. We weren't just trying to consume it all and then go share it with them. And they could help me kind of like digest it and make me, and my husband does, he's really good at that with, with, especially when I'm reading books, he helps me understand them a little bit better too. But it, that was, that was a practice, a part of this journey was they, whether they want to or not, they're coming along with me. Like, that's just the way it is. But it was easy for them to receive and it wasn't anything that that made them upset or reactionary. It was just kind of like when you explain it the way you did, they were like, yeah, that makes sense. You know? And I'm like, yes, thank you. It makes sense. Yes. You know, <laughs> I love you children. Get this. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In the back of my mind, all I can hear is it makes sense for now. And then they go on and do whatever they want to do. Cause that's, that's my life, but my yeah. children are not the same age as yours. <laughs> no, no. My little ones, we can, I can try. I've tried to have philosophical conversations with them and they're just like, can we be done now? Yeah. When are the can, noodles done? Can you stop talking? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alexander, I got the same question for you. I'm, I'm curious, what do you struggle with as you do the community guides? Like as you, help people navigate through like what personally for you is a struggle with the guides if there is any the the struggle for me is is there is so much more than what's even in the book and in the guides and the guides to me were like doing ikebana where you've got this beautiful flower and you've got to pick off this leaf and that leaf and that petal and get it down to it the nub of of, of essence but there's so much more and I, I, I want to give people the more, but I think that the, that less is more when it comes to this work, at least the first time through. I cut you off. You were going to say something. What were you going to say? Are you talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> I broke it. <laughs> well, Alexander. Uh, oh, yeah, well, I, I do know I, I, when I was talking with the high school students, the metaphor that most helped was using the, the wheel of the four seasons that you're, that, that wheel is going on. And, and yes, Daryl, it's all concurrent. And, and if you can stand back far enough, usually there's one of the four seasons that sort of is most up or most in the forefront. Mm -hmm. And, and it really helped them to get a sense that their life is also like moving through the four seasons over and over and over again. I'm curious, Alexander, um, based on uh, a comment Danielle made in passing, but also what you just said about there being so much more material. Um, I'm involved in two different groups outside of this group, 
And one of the, the dilemmas, they're both spiritual formation groups. One of the dilemmas is that um, these are adults and there are people in those groups that are not readers, just like Danielle said. And one of the things that that drives us to is a video format. And of course that makes me, because I came out of an academic background, think of curriculum, you know, et cetera. And I'm just curious if you think that this is the kind of material that over time and with the right economic support could move in that direction and perhaps have levels because it seems to me that that you know based on learning type but also based on gosh there are so many more petals and leaves i want to share with you that there might be a a, a variety of of learning opportunities absolutely this is this guide is is a first effort at something that I think there's there's so much more and I don't want to prejudge a conversation I had today with a group in the UK but um, they are developing this material for 18 to 24 year olds and they were sort of joking with me that they have to do Shia light um, and I'm gonna go sit with them because because they're on to something they they are they are doing a pilot program right now they're having phenomenal results. And I, and I want to learn from them. And yes, video and film is what's next. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, there, there are the series of films that the work of the people did. And I think that those are, are beautiful, but those are still sort of content heavy. Mm -hmm. uh, they're, they're not visual heavy. And we, we need to move to the, to the, the visual experience uh, besides the conceptual words. I mean, we, we also have we also have a, a, a Methodist community in San Antonio who we are now involved in a three-year project to write a curricula from preschool through Sunday worship to the elder community, which is this material. Cool. And and we are we're I mean it's a creative stretch. It's like how do we present this material to preschoolers? And 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 it's the seasons. Yeah. And really, and really linking Jesus to the seasons um, is going to be, I think, it's going to be our way. But yes, where are they at in that process? Where are we? Yeah, where are they at in that process of that curriculum for the for the entire church body? We we are restarting after they went through a pastoral leadership change. Hmm. Um, and you know, the the reality was everybody. Everybody knew the change was coming. The pastor, 22 years, retires. Um, and everybody's like, this is going to go forward. Well, the new pastor came on, incredibly wonderful person. And she she has not stopped it, but she has slowed it down. And and it was absolutely right and wise for her to do that. Mm -hmm. And so we, I'm just, I'm on my way to San Antonio, and we're going to uh, reanimate the process. And it will be better and will be deeper. Hmm. But we... We we thought we were ready to launch six months ago, and thank God we didn't. Yeah, I'm curious to see what that looks like. You know, five, six, yeah. seven years and from now. I am too. Um, I'm very curious, but I also there's such excitement because, um, I mean, I, my sense is we need new metaphors. There's the the texts are beautiful, but the metaphor that we've used is it's it's gotten crusty, and we've got. The, the text itself will teach us how to reanimate it. Hmm. That makes a lot of sense. 
because just experiencing story, whatever the story, um, it works on you in a way that nothing else does. And it hits deeper than almost anything else we can do. And it really doesn't matter. Yeah, it really doesn't matter the story. I mean, that's why why, why there's so many books on shelves and so movies and so many movies in theaters and so many plays on stages. And hmm. it, it works on us in ways we can talk about it and analyze it later, but yeah. there's something about experiencing the story and in, in different places, and especially in the context of working through gospels, what is it to embody the story um, that works on us all in different ways, in ways that you can't see the results coming and you, you can barely speak to them. You just say, here's the story. Yeah. Well, and, and the, the, the problem with the gospels as we have had them up to this point, and I, I hate to say problem, but it, it is just that we know how to, in, we know how the story ends. But the truth is, is that when this, when we really get into the story, we don't know how it ends. There, there, there's this whole new story that's right there in the text that we haven't told. We haven't, we sort of stayed on a surface experience of it and or we've stayed with, we've stuck with framings that were, are good to walk through, but aren't good to stay in. And that goes at a personal level, it goes at a larger cultural level as well. I mean, some of those things, some of the stories are pretty old and stale. Yeah. Um, and yet, if we, well, I, if we kind of, if we consider, if we consider some of the places they're coming from and we consider what the framing was, we can better reframe it for our context. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, all I keep thinking is, my sarcastic, almost five-year-old walking around the house, if she's been learning about it in church from a minister that is is smart enough to to give them space to say what they need to say, because uh, five-year-olds are just as brilliant as anyone else. <laughs> uh, they're just so curt with their words are hurtful. <laughs> um, uh, I can see my daughter walking through being like, oh, you're having a mark? A little mo yeah, it's okay. <laughs> you know, or, yeah. oh, yeah, it's going to be all right. Yeah, it was a John day or, you know. But I, I loved it. I mean, I caught Daryl saying that a few minutes ago, and, and this comes back to me a lot, that we have a new uh, lexicon. We have a, a shorthand mm -hmm. for, for, for describing certain types of experiences. It's a John moment. It's a Mark moment. I'm having a Mark day. Yeah. 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 I say, um, when I get, I notice I get really frustrated or I want to like, I don't even know, confront someone or contradict something or just make a point. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to hold this in my heart <laughs> real tight. And I'm going to think about this. Yeah. And <laughs> It really does help though. Like, that's what I just say. It's like, all of a sudden I'm like, just hold it, you know? And it, 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 it forces me to go into reflection and then it pulls me back into that space. Like this is God trying to get your attention right now. So what are you supposed to see? 
and just listen, don't react. And so, yeah, I mean, just those little phrases that I've been, that things that I've written down that I use is just ways to remind me to like pull back, don't do that, check your ego, things like that. It's, it's great and very appreciated. Yeah. Fun, not react. Yeah. What was that? So, I mean, for, for me, and I, uh, I mean, you, you may have seen my Facebook post this week, et cetera, that uh, a lot of Christianity who used the lectionary read this text last Sunday about Jesus calling the disciples on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. And it's like, yawn. Uh, <laughs> that sea is treacherous water. We know that the Japanese have a fear of the sea because of tsunami. We don't understand that Jews didn't want to go anywhere near that water. That's death water. That's tomb. To touch the water of the Sea of Galilee goes against every Jewish taboo about touching death. And the fishermen who go out on that sea are heroes. They go out. They they face treachery and danger every day to bring food back for people who are starving. Those are the people who are disciples who are willing to go into treacherous water. Yeah. That's a story we are not telling because we're 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 still back always in the, these sweet guys mending their nets. Right. <laughs> well, where are you preaching on Sunday, Alexander? <laughs> <laughs> That's you could fix it. Just just well. <laughs> You know, I will be not this Sunday, but next Sunday I'll be with the community in Pasadena, California. <laughs> so we're coming close to try to always keep these around an hour. So what else would you would you want to know if you had a live group that just finished about a month ago and you say, you know, here's one more burning question. Is there anything else that you would want to know for feedback? Well, it's not the burning question. It's the question I get from groups. We've come to the end of this book. What can we do next? And um, what I'm hearing is, is that there is a bonding process that happens uh, through the process as much as the material. And people want to say, how do, I get, how do I keep this going? What do we do next? And I can suggest books, but it really is, I think, that there is a sense that, that going through this creates a church community. and then does it die? Hmm. No, that's not, that's not going to happen. So, um, yeah, well, I remember but if it's not, if it's not going to happen, what are you going to do? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember Danielle, you sent me a message. You're like, Oh man, I'm kind of bummed. Like we would be talking tonight about this. Yeah. And like, you know, and I remember going down the road thinking, I mean, we don't have to find a reason to message or, or send a video, like just yeah. right. make it happen. Yeah. Cause like what I just send you like four, <laughs> I'll talk all the time if you let me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, so I'll answer that question for me. And I think Daryl said it earlier. It could have been Jim. It just, the same intentionality that went into pouring through a text and reflecting on it just has to remain. It's just the intentionality isn't on a text. It's just on each, on each of us if that makes any sense, like, you know, cause if, if, cause if you're not asking how each other are, um, it begins to, it doesn't begin to matter less. It's just, you forget that it, it matters. If that, I'm, I'm not saying that well, 
Actually, you are. Um, okay. Well, I'll take it. Um, I hope that makes sense. At least, at least for me. So that's, I think to answer your question, Alexander, is um, the same focus and intentionality that goes into building a, a group or, or working through this process, ha- just that intentionality has to remain. I don't know that the content is as important anymore, um, can be. Um, and I think it might have been, maybe Jim or Danielle, you said, well, we can just do another book, um, which I don't know. Or that. the same book again in a year, because we'll <laughs> probably be, all need it again. <laughs> that would be fun. Um, yeah, um, that could be fun. So, yeah. but yeah, what do y'all, what do you, what do y'all think? It, 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 I mean, it is to me the missing link. And I don't know that I need to provide the answer, mm. but I do know people come together, they discover uh, a, a liveliness and a depth to the sharing and they want to move forward. And uh, I want to trust that spirit will give everybody their answer mm. uh, and I don't have to program it. <laughs> I don't think you should have to. Yeah. Well, not I, not I everything needs that... to be spoon fed. So. <laughs> And I don't think you have to, because I think it would be different for every group. Um, it is. That's fair. It, 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 it has to be because it's, you know, different people. And um, some groups will go for, go from this and probably go forward and take, take this experience into a new group where they, they become sort of the, the moderator, as it were. Um, that we become be the staff. Mm. Pretty much, yes. Mm. Um, Then all the all the moderators come back and share their information and experience. (laughs) Right. So it becomes that's one thing that that, that's one direction it goes. Um, But I also think, I mean, maybe it maybe it was another book. Maybe it's another book. Maybe it's another thing. But it's there's also something to the practice of doing this together. It's the practices that we, we look and we talk about as we, as we go through the journey, but that's just also the practice of this kind of small gathering. Um, and I think that that's, it's, it's really learning what is it, what is it going to, what is it going to be that makes this particular thing continue to work and realizing it's going to have to change. I mean, there does, there is a certain kind of death that has to happen when you finish. Mm. But if we know the end of the story, there's, there's more after that. Yeah. That, and there, there is a resurrection after that, that is a different kind of, that becomes a different process of new life. Any closing, anything from anybody. It's a lot of bodies. So I'm not going to call anybody out by name. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you, Alexander. Well, I, I I mean, thank you to the four of you and thank you for this hour and what it might help other people who listen to it, what it, how it might help them. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, everyone. This I've yes. looked forward to it every single time we've come together. <laughs> so I thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, good. I'm, well, I'm really envious. I wasn't part of the circle. I would have loved this. I mean, start a new book. Are you writing another book? (laughs) There's some material that I've heard you on podcast saying you're getting ready to come out. Yeah. I am am very much looking forward to it. 13 days of Christmas. 
You don't, um, you don't understand. You give him something else to do and he's not going to write the book. <laughs> <laughs> That's what writers need, distractions from writing. <laughs> uh, oh, good, 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 good. Well, um, thank to um, thank that I can't talk. Thank you, thank you to each and every single one of you. I struggle. Yeah, See that again. That yeah. was great. Uh, I struggled. Yeah. Well, so I'm doing this with. Uh, so I have those invisible braces, and so I'm doing mm. this with the retainer in. And normally I don't speak with them in at all. Mm. Um, and so I struggle. I struggle with th and with s's, which is awkward when that's seventy five percent of your name. Um, and most, <laughs> and most, in most words. So, but um, thank you all for your for your Wednesday evening, and um, yeah, and thank you, Alexander, as well for for uh, time, and thank you to your family for for sharing it for an hour there. So, thanks for inviting me. I'm really hopeful that you find a community. And if it's not with this text, and honestly, there are a lot of places that you can learn and do things intentionally with people. And I think that this one, as it relates to heart and mind and the scriptures, is a fantastic one. So find a small group of people. Uh, you'll find links in the show notes to the stuff that Alexander is doing with that. And so there's oftentimes places across the planet that people are doing them as well as uh, online communities that are popping up now, which is a relatively new thing. And so get involved, get engaged with that. And so I'd like to end with a small little tease of the conversation that I had with Alexander. And so I'm going to post that over at Patreon. Uh, you'll have access to that, uh, which you can find the link to that in the show notes as well as the website and everywhere else, honestly. Thank you for listening. I pray so much that you, each of you, are blessed. I'll talk to you next week. If people want to dive in to the guides and to heart and mind and, and to do work like this, how should a community sit down with expectations that as we grow, others won't? And how can the community stay whole or not whole, but how can it stay healthy as different portions of that community stretch in new ways? That in part is the reason for these guides is to teach us how to walk with each other when we have differing pacing and differing ideas. Mm -hmm. That what we want to do as community is we want to bind together as, as a place of transformation, realizing that that transformation is going to look different for each one of us. And that's okay. It's it actually, it's more than okay. That's exactly as it should be. Mm -hmm that this in no way is about uniformity, but it's about that we are all on a shared journey. And that shared journey is going to move us through these four places interiorly over and over and over and over and over again. And we need that um, sheltered group of friends 
who will be there helping us ask the right questions of the experience, uh, not providing an answer. Um, Spirit will give us the answer, but if if the people around us will will hold us in the right or, or the appropriate way, then spirit's answer can become more clear and more easily. So this is the, the, part of the, the work of the guides. It's very subtle in there, but anyone who's been part of a 12-step group is going to recognize a lot of the structure of the guides, which is we come to walk side by side with other people and to hear their stories and to be touched by their stories, perhaps. And to use the way that we're touched by the story. And touch means we could be inspired or we can be revolted. Both are holy. (laughs) One of the things that our tradition has lost is revulsion is holy. It's not something to be cast out. And that it teaches me something about what spirit is teaching me about my journey. Hmm. So that if we can walk along with each other, using each other's wisdom to help me discern what spirit is teaching me. That's the form of community, I think, that today we're reaching for, so that we we can be there for each other, not as the answer people, and not with a book that gives the answers, but we can be there for each other with this great human spirit story, which provides me a way to hear spirit's next step in my life.